The Baltimore Orioles were busy on the waiver wire late last week, picking up two catchers from the Cincinnati Reds as they search for Adley Rutschman's backup in 2023. I'll tell you more about Aramis Garcia and Mark Colesbury, plus talk about the two pitchers who the Orioles DFA'd to make room. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, October 17th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to break down a couple of roster moves that the Orioles made late last week as they claimed not one, but two catchers off waivers from the Cincinnati Reds, Aramis Garcia and Mark Colesvery, two guys who kind of sat in the number two and number three catcher roles at times for the Reds this year. The O's just kind of stockpiling catchers, looking for Adley's backup next year. We'll talk about these guys' careers so far and how they could fit into that role. And plus, we'll talk about the two players DFA'd by the Orioles to make room, the right-handed pitchers, Bo Salser and Lewis Head. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Still got episodes Monday through Friday, five days a week coming out throughout the MLB postseason. Then we go down to three days a week through the offseason. But remember to stick with the pod. We'll be covering all of the Orioles offseason moves as hopefully they can add to this team this offseason. And as Michael Elias said, hopefully it will be liftoff heading into 2023. But we thank you so much for listening. If you could leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen, that would be amazing. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe right here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. But thanks again for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. For your first listen today, we're jumping right into some roster moves that the Orioles made. They claimed two catchers and they DFA'd two pitchers off the 40-man roster. Now, free agency doesn't start till about a couple of weeks after the World Series ends, but you'll still see roster movement when it comes to claims and DFAs. And the O's have already been pretty busy. We saw them claim Jake Cave off waivers from the Twins last week. They DFA'd Jake Reed to make room. Reed was then claimed by the Boston Red Sox. And then a couple more claims made by the Orioles late last week. Claimed two catchers, both of whom came off waivers from the Cincinnati Reds. They are Aramis Garcia and Mark Colesvery to make room. Right-handed pitchers Bo Salser and Lewis Head, who both finished the year in AAA, were DFA'd off the Orioles 40 man. So we're going to start here with Aramis Garcia. He's had more big league time of the two catchers and probably would be the better chance of the two to end up being Adley's backup heading into next year. So let's start with who is Aramis Garcia? Well, he's a little bit older, 29 years old, and will actually be 30 in January. So next year will be his age 30 season. But he was once a fairly highly touted prospect and a pretty high draft pick, a second round draft selection by the San Francisco Giants out of FIU all the way back in 2014. But he didn't exactly amount to what the Giants wanted. He did get to the big leagues with the Giants in 2018 and 2019. But of course, Buster Posey was there. He was never going to be more than a backup. And he just wasn't fitting the backup role that they wanted. So 
He has 65 plate appearances with the Giants in 2018, 46 plate appearances with San Francisco in 2019, and then between 19 and 21, he was either waived or traded three different times. They ended up on a couple of different teams, but did land with the Oakland Athletics in 2021, where he had his most big league time up to that point. He had 94 plate appearances with the A's last season. Remember, that was an A's team that really kind of fizzled out the last week of the season, but they were in the wildcard race all year, and they were at least you know, having him serve as their backup catcher for a, a little chunk of the season. Well, then he made his way off of Oakland and on to Cincinnati, and that's when he had his most playing time of his big league career. Now, it still wasn't a lot, but Aramis Garcia in 2022 with the Cincinnati Reds played in 47 games. However, in a backup catcher role, it was only 115 plate appearances for Garcia. But in that stretch, he hit 213 this year with a 248 on base percentage and a 259 slugging percentage. Not great offensive numbers. He had just one home run. He was worth negative 0.1 war, according to Fangraphs. And he had just a 36 WRC plus in those 115 plate appearances, which means he was 74% worse. Excuse me. Terrible math. 66%, 64% worse than the league average hitter. So the bat wasn't exactly there. Now his offensive stats in the smaller plate appearances in his other three big league seasons were better. He was much more productive, especially when he first came up with the Giants in 2018 and had some good offensive numbers in the minors at times as well. But in the big leagues this year, I mean, it's not like he was unlucky. He had a batting average of 213. He had an expected batting average of 212, according to his stat cast numbers, how hard he hit the ball. Now, the one thing he does do well at the plate is hit left-handers. And it wasn't a big sample size. He only got 27 plate appearances against lefties this year. But he hit 385 against lefties this season versus just 159 against righties. So there's something he can do well at the plate. Garcia is a right-handed hitter, about six foot one. And of course, a backstop behind the dish. But one thing he doesn't do well is work a walk. 34 strikeouts to just three walks in his 115 plate appearances. Basically, what we're going to tell you is the offense isn't why the Orioles claimed him. The defense is. Now, according to defensive runs saved, he was at zero, which would put him league average. But when you're only playing in 47 games, it's tough to get a big enough sample size to see those defensive numbers. But what I will say is he can and has played some first base as well. So he's a little versatile. And according to StatCast, he was in the 79th percentile in terms of catcher framing this season, which means he was in the top 21% of catchers in terms of framing ability in Major League Baseball in 2022. So I know he didn't get a lot of playing time, but he is known for his framing behind the plate. And that's what the O's are looking for in Adley's backup. They don't need a guy who really mashes the baseball because this guy is only going to start, I mean, at the very most twice a week behind the plate and usually probably just once a week behind the dish for the Orioles and be there in case there's an injury. What they had this year was Robinson Chirinos, great leader, great clubhouse guy, couldn't hit and was one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball and was actually the worst framing catcher in all of Major League Baseball this year. It's hurting the pitchers. You can't have that. So if you want to go with the cheaper options, maybe it's one of these waiver claim guys. Maybe it is Aramis Garcia who's going to frame. He'll hit lefties a little bit and you only play him once a week. Now, he's not arbitration eligible yet. He still has three options. So you can send him up and down in AAA, and he's going to be cheap in 2023. Now, again, the offense 
not there. And even in AAA this year, I mean, he didn't play much at all. In 2021, in AAA with Oakland, he had 124 plate appearances, had a 78 WRC+. plus. So even at the AAA level over the past couple of years, the offense has not been good for Garcia. His calling card is the defense, the fact that he can hit lefties just a little bit, and the pitch framing. And that's why the O's claimed him. And listen, this is something we're going to talk about later as well. But there's a good chance Garcia isn't even on the Orioles' 40-man roster for the next month. But when you have players on your 40-man, like the pitchers like Lewis Head, who we'll talk about later, who was DFA'd to make room for Garcia, that you know are not going to survive the offseason, that you're going to DFA them at some point. If you see a player like Garcia come across the waiver wire, you have a chance to claim him and you think, well, we don't know that this guy is going to be on our roster in a month. But if we think there might even potentially be something there, and he could potentially end up as our backup catcher next year, you say, why not? We're going to DFA this other guy anyway. Why not just claim him now? And then we look deeper into him. See what the offseason work is like. See what his numbers look like even deeper. And then maybe you DFA him again. Who knows? But it's at least worth to take that chance. And the O's did that with Garcia. Just throw him in this mix with the potential Adley backups for 2023. You know, you've got Cam Gallagher, who they claimed off waivers from the Royals during the season. Never played a big league game with the O's, but is still in the 40-man. You've got Anthony Benboom, who the Orioles added to the 40-man roster at the end of the year. And now he is in that mix as well. I don't think Robinson Chirinos will be back. We'll see if the O's maybe want to bring Jacob Nottingham back as well. So you've got all those guys in the mix. Now you add Garcia as well. Just trying to see who comes out on top. But it wasn't just Garcia. They actually added another catcher on the same day, on the same waiver wire, and from the same team. Yeah, they went out and got Mark Colesbury from the Reds as well. And coming up next, we'll talk about his profile, which includes much less big league time, but maybe a little more potential because he's a little bit younger and maybe, just maybe, could bring the O's even more in that backup position. But what the Orioles are basically trying to do, they're just trying to get a little protection in that backup spot for Adley, just in case he gets injured or when he just has to rest one day a week. They like somebody who can at least give them something, protect the lineup just a little bit and protect the starting pitchers as well with those framing numbers. And speaking of protection, the best way to protect your home, well, that's simply safe because the numbers, well, they don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people has chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And that's really because they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And this is why it's so great. They've got advanced technology. You can control your system from your phone with the app. You can watch crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras, or they have a wide variety of high-tech sensors they can put around your home as well. And they just, they have your back at Simply Safe as well. Their agents, they'll call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or you can't be reached. So to customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes, you can go to simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan 
and you can get your first month free. So visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So we talked about Aramis Garcia, the catcher who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Cincinnati Reds, but he wasn't the only catcher last week that the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Reds. They're just taking all the Reds catchers. As on the same day, they put in and were given a waiver claim on the catcher, Mark Colesferry. Now, Colesferry and Garcia kind of rotated at times last year, being the Reds' backup catcher. It helped that Tyler Stevenson, their kind of young stud catcher in Cincinnati, was hurt for a lot of the year. So there were more chances for these couple of guys. But it was less chances for Colesferry, so we do know a little bit less about him. But in terms of Colesferry, a 27-year-old catcher who was a seventh-round draft selection of the Reds back in 2017 out of the University of Florida. And he made his major league debut this season with Cincinnati. Now he's a right-handed batter, a little bit shorter, just five foot eight behind the dish, but once again, known for his defense. And you know, we'll see if he can swing the bat a little bit. Now, he doesn't have nearly the amount of sample size and plate appearances in the big leagues that Aramis Garcia has. You know, we were looking through Garcia's stats. I mean, he's got, you know, almost 350 plate appearances in his career. Colesferry has 21 big league plate appearances. They all came this year. He got a little bit of time in April and then a little bit more time in July and August. But he played 10 games with the Reds this year, 21 plate appearances. He went four for 20 with two doubles, a home run, three RBIs, nine strikeouts, and one walk at the plate for the right-handed batter. Not really sure how much we're going to take away from 21 big league plate appearances for a very terrible Cincinnati Reds team. But if you do look at his AAA stats with the Reds this year, the offense, certainly not there. 42 games, 142 plate appearances in AAA for Colesbury. He hit just 168 with a 293 on base and a 294 slugging with three home runs. He had a 31% strikeout rate. Did have a 9% walk rate, which you like to see, but just a 64 WRC plus for Colesbury in AAA this season. Now, what we do know defensively is that the defense is what has gotten him up to the big leagues, at least for just those 10 games. We do know that in those 10 games, Baseball Savant and StatCast graded him as an above average framer in those 10 games he played Major League Baseball this year. And what else we kind of know is that if you're going to hit 168 and a team's going to give you a big league chance, you got to be good defensively. And that seems what Colesbury is as well. So that's kind of where he fits in the same way as Garcia. He has gotten less of an opportunity in the big leagues and Garcia has looked a little better in big league time, but maybe all Colesbury needs is that shot as well. And just like Aramis Garcia, Colesbury gets just thrown into this group of potential backups for Adley Rutschman. And it's interesting to look at because, again, you know, as I mentioned before, Anthony Benboom is now on the 40-man roster member. He started the year with the Orioles as the backup catcher to Robinson Trinos. Then when Adley was promoted in May, Benboom went down to AAA and he spent the entire rest of the season with the Norfolk Tides. But his defense behind the plate continued to be elite, whether it was throwing, blocking, or pitch framing. And while the bat had its moments, but certainly wasn't there for the left-handed hitter, the O's kept him around and put him on the 40-man this offseason for a reason. It's because they love his defense that not that much that they think he could be Adley's backup next year. You know, they claimed Cam Gallagher from the Royals for his defense. And now with Garcia and Colesbury, you have this group of four guys all on your 40-man roster. Technically, the O's have six catchers 
on the 40-man right now because Robinson Chirino stays on the 40-man until the MLB season officially ends and his one-year deal expires and he becomes a free agent. So even when that happens, the O's, unless they DFA another one of these guys quickly, they're going to have Adley and four other catchers on the 40-man. So it's going to be a race to see who's going to find this role because a lot of teams carry three catchers on the 40-man roster. The Orioles didn't this year, but a lot of teams do. They have their two guys in the majors, and they have kind of their main number three catcher who's in AAA, but on the 40-man. Some teams that have good catching prospects, they even carry four, but you're never going to carry five. And the Orioles, with Adley being so good, are probably going to carry a maximum of three catchers. And when you look at the other four that they have right now in Gallagher, Ben Boom, and Garcia, and Colesvery, these are not top prospects ready to come up. These are, at best, backup catchers who are all kind of fighting for one spot. So there's a pretty good chance by the end of the offseason that only one or maybe none of these guys is still on the 40-man roster. And I know that the other question is, well, why don't the Orioles just go into free agency and sign a backup catcher, similar to what they did last year when they brought in Robinson Chirinos, to eventually back up Adley? And I still think they could do that. I don't think it's out of the question that they could go after that. There are a lot of interesting names on the catcher market. The big name is obviously Wilson Contreras. He's going to want big money to be a starting catcher, even if the O's tried to work something out where he could be a DH when he's not catching, which would be nice for their lineup. I don't see him coming to Baltimore with Adley here. Then you've got a guy like Gary Sanchez, known for the bat, not really the defense. The guys who would fit the Orioles mold more so, Roberto Perez, a veteran with good defense, Martin Maldonado, a veteran with good defense, Omar Narvaez, a veteran with good framing ability, you know, maybe a Christian Vasquez is going to be on the market who hits the ball well, you have Austin Hedges, he's an elite defensive catcher who doesn't really hit at all, Kurt Casale could be on that list, Sandy Leon, who, you know, good defensively and, and really can't hit anymore here in his career. So you've got all those guys on the free agent market who are probably just looking for one-year deals, three, four, five, six, maybe, you know, $7 million at the most to get in that backup catcher. So the O's have their options there. But if you're asking, why do they keep claiming these guys who, you know, are barely playing in the big leagues this year are at best like the number three catcher for the team they came from? For Colesbury, you could argue he was the Reds' like number four catcher this year and Garcia was number three. But the reason why they keep claiming these guys because they have the space on the 40-man roster. You know, it's not like they're DFAing top prospects or key players to get these guys on the 40-man. They're taking up spots that would have been empty anyway, and they're just taking a longer look. And if they DFA both of these catchers in a week, I wouldn't be surprised. But if Aramis Garcia is the opening day backup for Adley because he really impresses over the winter and in spring training, I wouldn't be super surprised at that either. So that's kind of the reason why the Orioles are claiming catchers that... When you look through the numbers, as we did, they don't really make sense. And even with four other catchers on the 40-man, I don't think that stops the Orioles at all from maybe paying one of these backup catchers for a one-year deal in free agency just to lock down that spot for once or twice a week when Adley needs a rest. But I mentioned you know, that these spots were going to be open anyway, and that's where we get to what the Orioles did on the other side. The two players they DFA'd to make room on the 40-man for the two catchers. And it was two pitchers that they sent packing. The right-handers, Bo Salser and Lewis Head. And coming up next, we'll talk about those two guys' seasons with the Orioles and why they weren't going to survive this offseason anyway here in Baltimore. So the Orioles claiming two catchers off waivers from the Reds last week, Aramis Garcia and Mark Colesbury. And because they had a full 40-man roster, they had to DFA two players off the 40-man as well. And those two players 
were Bo Salser and Lewis Head, a couple of right-handed pitchers who each threw a few times out of the Orioles' bullpen this year and were each claimed by the O's off waivers during the season. So we'll start with Bo Salser, who, of course, is the brother of former Orioles closer Cole Salser and was claimed off waivers from the Pirates back in May. Now, he ended up appearing in only six games with the Orioles at the big league level this year, but he did pitch 12 and two-thirds innings and he honestly wasn't bad. He had a 3.55 ERA, nine strikeouts to just three walks in those 12 and two-thirds innings. Bo Salser, very similar stuff to Cole Salser, high fastball, and then kind of the wipeout changeup that goes down and away to left-handers. Now, his stats in AAA were a little worse, but he was still a somewhat important part, at least of the Norfolk Tides. Pitched 44 innings for the Tides, had a 4.70 ERA, about nine and a half strikeouts and two and a half walks per nine were solid numbers for Salser. But you could tell when the Orioles brought him up, he was never really more than a mop-up man for the O's when he was in the big leagues and he did make those six appearances out of the Orioles' bullpen. So again, he was never a guy who was going to survive this offseason on the Orioles' 40-man roster. We'll see if anyone claims him. It doesn't look like they have. He may clear through waivers and potentially could stay in AAA with the Orioles. I think there's still something there potentially for Salser, and they get a little more wiggle room if he stays with the O's but is off the 40-man roster. And then the other guy they DFA'd was the right-hander, Lewis Head. Now, Head came over from the Miami Marlins on waivers earlier this season after he had a tremendous 2021 with the Tampa Bay Rays. He was traded to Miami, and he was awful with the Marlins. They DFA'd him, the Orioles claimed him, and he had five appearances out of the Oriole bullpen. Five innings, six hits, one run, three Ks, and four walks. He let a lot of inherited runners score in those situations. It wasn't pretty. And it was not pretty in AAA for Head either. In 14 appearances with the Norfolk Tides this season, 15 and a third innings, a 7.04 ERA. And while the 19 strikeouts were nice, he walked 17 batters in 15 innings in AAA. Not a recipe for success. That's why he spent most of the latter part of the season in AAA with the Orioles. And again, when you looked at the 40-man roster heading into the offseason, I actually thought Lewis Head was like the clear-cut number one choice to be DFA'd first. It actually ended up being Jake Reed, but Head was a close second here with these moves. I was honestly surprised he finished the season on the Orioles 40-man just because it, it looked like it was kind of lightning in a bottle, his one good season he had with the Rays last year. And again, he just wasn't going to survive the offseason. And that's really the big thing here as we wrap up is that there are other moves like this that are going to be made Maybe over the next few weeks as the MLB playoffs continue and as, you know, you can't sign anyone in free agency, teams aren't going to make trades, but there's still going to be players who are DFA. There's going to be players on waivers. Uh, Eve Rosenbaum, who actually did a really good interview over at Fangraphs Audio, if you want to go check that one out, really dug deep into the waiver process and, you know, how the Orioles approach it every single day when they check that waiver email to see who's there. It was actually a really nice listen over at Fangraphs Audio, so make sure to go check that one out. But the O's are going to do this every single day. And as you look down this current 40-man roster for the Orioles, I think, you know, three of the easiest calls have already been DFA'd and Salser and Head and Jake Reed. But there's other guys there who could potentially be on the chopping block as well. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Yuzniel Diaz, you know, how much longer will the Orioles hold on to him? You look at some guys who will become free agents and will come off the 40-man. Of course, Jesus Aguilar and Robinson Chirinos are going to open up two spots almost immediately for the Orioles. And if they don't pick up Jordan Lyle's option, which they have some more time to figure out, that'll be another spot that opens up for the O's. So the easy decisions 
have been made. Three more spots potentially could open. Maybe Tyler Nevin is a guy, you know, Rugnet Odor will come off the 40-man when he becomes a free agent. So there'll be more openings for these waiver claims. There'll be more openings for free agents as well. But the O's right now, basically, they're taking chances on guys. They're, you know, just picking a guy up because they have space. Because why not? Hey, let's grab him, see what he really is, not let another team get him. And for some of these guys, this is what I talked about with Jake Cave earlier this week as well. For some of these guys even, the Orioles might be planning, you know, say with Colesvery, they see Mark Colesvery and they say, you know what, Mark Colesvery probably will pass through waivers if we don't claim him. But if he did pass through waivers, the Reds could keep him and keep him in AAA. But maybe the Orioles said, you know what, maybe we don't think Colesvery is immediately the top choice for Adley's backup, but we see a little something in Mark Colesvery, whether it be the defense or maybe something they can change in the swing. So what the Orioles say is, all right, Let's claim him because we have the space. We're going to DFA Lewis Head anyway. So let's claim him. And then when we make another move and add another player to our 40-man roster, we DFA Mark Colesvery. And if the Orioles think, hey, you know what? No one else is going to claim him anyway. He passes through waivers. Then the Orioles have him in AAA, but he's no longer taking up a 40-man roster spot. Then the O's have a little more flexibility with him. And they can get him in the system if they think there is some sort of upside left in him. And that's what a lot of these waiver claims over the past couple of weeks are really going to look like for the O's. Before, of course, the actual offseason begins. And we hopefully get that liftoff that Mike Elias was talking about. But just wanted to break down these couple of catchers that the Orioles picked up and tell you why if you're wondering, well, these guys look terrible. Why are they here? That's the reasons why the O's made claims on Garcia and on Coles Ferry. But we'll be back here on the podcast tomorrow getting back to our 2022 Orioles season review series, going player by player, talking about their 2022 seasons and talking about how they fit into this Orioles team heading into 2023. And coming up tomorrow, we've got a very fun episode coming your way. Maybe the most electric player on this Orioles team at times this season was Jorge Mateo. He went for months when he was the worst hitter in baseball. He went for months when he was a great hitter and one of the most fun players to watch. He also led the American League in stolen bases. He might win a gold glove. But where the heck does he fit into this Orioles team moving forward? We're going to try to answer that question with Zach Goodman of the Bat Around coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.